We are the Marcelin Brothers, and this is the Marcelin Brothers Podcast, MBP for short. We are here to share our story and to contribute our thoughts about everyday topics in life. Time to sit back, relax, and get ready for the MVP attack. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Today is January 5th, 2020. Not 19, but 20. And if you're listening or watching, you are listening and watching to the Marston Brothers Podcast. 2020, here we come. Marvin, happy New Year's. Happy New Decade. What is going on, sir? Happy New Decade. I am predicting that this is going to be another fantastic decade. And um, for all of you out there, Blessings on blessings on blessings. That's what I'm bestowing on y'all. So, what have I been up to? Just chugging along like usual, brother. Chugging along. Happy birthday. Happy belated birthday. Yeah, guys. January 2nd, my birthday. Just went by. All is well. All is well. So, how young did you turn, Marvin? Go ahead and tell our MVPers how young you are now. My age is Alonzo Morning's jersey number, if you guys mm-hmm. can remember that. Mm-hmm. That's my age. <laughs> ah. Well, very good, man. Very good. So pulling in the, trip, or the double three, man. So how does it feel? Did you feel different when you went to sleep the night before? And then when you woke up the next day, did 33 seem a lot different than 32? It was night and day difference. No, I'm just joking. Felt exactly the same. Age is all about a number. Uh, 33 is a great age. I'm excited. And look, I just always have that feeling that life gets better as I age. So another year goes by, another opportunity for things to get better. Can't complain because I have nothing to complain about. <laughs> Man, I'm, I enjoy hearing that. Your journey has been wonderful. Just being able to see how much you've grown to see you turn into the young man that you are i'm very happy that on this 33rd birthday you are going to be making a turn to the better and you've got a big year ahead of you man so congratulations and what a way to start the new year let's go let's do this what'd you end up doing for new year's man i know we talked the mvp crew we talked a little bit beforehand we were sharing some potential ideas and thoughts what'd you end up doing how did you bring in the new year so uh, this year, I brought the new year and by hanging out with some friends and went to um, Philadelphia and just hung out with some good family friends. Uh, shout out to uh, Janine and Justin, if you're listening. Uh, it was it was great. Um, got to watch the ball drop, got to eat good food, just hang out with friends. It was great. Um, had a great time. That's very good. Very good. Well, over at the Marcelin household, we had an opportunity to go and do another New Year's Eve party. So we had a chance to come in and we had some family and friends come over. It was a good time. We even had a guest DJ, DJ Bunny D, came in and and did his thing. But it was good times. Family and friends were there. We watched the ball drop. It was one of the moments that I remember the most was as it was getting towards midnight, I look to my right as I was DJing, and I look outside in the patio, 
and I see my little nephew, Chase, and Ophelia, my daughter, and they're drinking juice pouches <laughs> like everybody else is drinking liquor to bring in the new year. So they're <laughs> drinking their juice pouches. They're at their little desk kind of talking and communicating with each other, just getting ready for the new year. So that was one of my more memorable moments of being able to watch them because they're just little big people for the most part. They're communicating just like everybody else is. Everybody's having a good time talking and they're doing the same thing in their own little language. So that was a lot of fun just to be able to watch them do that. But no, that was good times. And then the next day, or the actual New Year's Day, ended up going to Aunt Mighty's house. Had the traditional soup, so that was good. And again, another opportunity just to hang out with some close family and friends. And then the day after, it was time to go to work. Gotta go back to work. Yeah, man. So we got that going on. And then today, this weekend, was a... A very interesting sports weekend, to say the least. You know, Saturday and Sunday, you know, were two sports days. So I had a chance to watch some football. It's, you know, it's playoff time when you're getting those games to watch on Saturdays. And it's always nice to be able to have that mix. You don't have to have all these games at once and you miss some. You have two games on Saturday and two games on Sunday. So that was good. So got to catch some pretty interesting upsets. Got to watch all all four of the AFC or all four of the wildcard games were all within one score. So it was nice because it wasn't any blowout and you're able to watch every game from the beginning to end. And I didn't get to watch the first two games on Saturday because I had an event going on in West Palm. But on Sunday, I had an opportunity to do some chores and be able to watch football at the same time. So definitely some really good games that I got to watch. So I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen in the next round and hopefully that trend continues yeah man they're just definitely keeping things interesting so like you said it's more fun to watch games when the the scores are close as opposed to blowouts so let me ask you this i mean you probably will find out more tomorrow when you go to work but you know philly ended up losing to seattle you know so we we saw that so you know, I'm sure, you know, the city will probably feel some type of way. So you'll have to let us know how that city feels. But I think the biggest game that a lot of people were watching and they were very surprised or very happy, just depending on how you looked at it, was that the New England Patriots ended up losing. So the Tennessee Titans ended up doing the upset and beating the New England Patriots. So they are out of the playoffs before they even got the chance to go to the divisional round. So big upset, big change. You're going to have a different representative from the AFC. So that's going to be something that's pretty exciting. So I think that was the big shocker that most people saw. So you either loved it or you hated it, depending on what side of the line you are. Yep, yep, yep. Well, when you're looking at, you know, what's going on in Philly, I know that the fans are going to be proud of how the players did throughout the year. However, you know, once got knocked out, you knock out the starting quarterback, hey, they still were able to keep it a game. But if he was still playing, things would be different. Yeah, they're even showing that last play. You know, you, you saw Josh McDown, you saw the quarterback, and he's an older guy. But I don't know if you were watching the that last game and you kind of heard the announcers talking about it, that there was a lane there. And, you know, maybe if he was a little younger, a little quicker, he might have been able to 
rushed in for that touchdown and potentially get that two-point conversion. But, you know, if that was Carson in there, that could have been a different ending. I definitely agree with you on that. But one thing that was kind of cool was seeing Marshawn Lynch and going back to back in the past, going doing beast mode and everything, running, hurdling, you know, trucking somebody, getting in on a five-yard touchdown. That was like beast mode of old. So did you hear about that story, how it was the 24th of December and the Seattle team, their top three running backs on the depth chart were all injured out for the season. Two of them happened in one game and the other one was a little earlier. So they essentially had to get people off the street and they called up Marshawn Lynch. He was available and boom, here you go. Here he is doing his thing. And he's going to be a major difference in what's going to happen in that rushing game attack. So I'll be very interested to seeing how that goes, you know, because everybody likes Beast Mode. Everybody likes Skittles. So I root for the guy. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I like Beast Mode. Let him do what he does best. (laughs) All right, my man. So anything else you want to talk about before we start discussing these two topics starting off the new year? Well, um, I'm still chugging along with that second rental property. Um, I found a potential tenant who would like to rent the place. However, right now I'm still at the stage where I need to get um, the the different people to come in and check the property out to make sure that it passes inspections and whatnot. So because this is a, um, I just acquired this property, I have to get inspections done in order to get my renter's license. So that always takes time and you have to make sure schedules line inspectors have to be present when you're there too so we'll see when i can get all that stuff done inspector's license so i'm not familiar with inspector licenses because for me or rental licenses because for me i've got two rental properties in tennessee like we discussed before and for me you know in tennessee there are no licenses that you need for that so tell me a little bit more about this renter's license and what is it about and why you need it? I mean, essentially, uh, because I am a business owner, I'm running a business. And in order for it to be official, I need to have a, uh, a renter's license. And that license basically deems that I am allowed to officially run this business. And um, it also, I guess, enforces that I pay taxes and all that other stuff. But they want me to officially be in the books. And in order to do that, I need to have a renter's license. I don't know if it's a Northeast thing or if it's just a Pennsylvania thing. I don't know. But I know where I'm at, I need that renter's license. So do you need a license per house or just as an individual you have the renter's license and then you can have as many rental properties as you need to? Tell me a little bit more about that. So this is per property. So I already have one for the first property and now I am in the works of trying to get one for the second property. Um, Here where I'm at, the townships require that. And so sometimes I feel like it's just an extra hoop that you have to jump through. Because every time you do these um, checks and um, people coming into the property, you have to pay money. (laughs) So it might be a money thing where it's just like a little quote-unquote tax in order to get your official renter's license, you have to pay for um, the inspection and all that. No, I think that, well, I guess it depends on how you look at it. But, you know, the, 
what I've seen, and we see this in healthcare as well, you know, in order for something to be regulated, one of the best ways to get it regulated is by having to get some sort of license because there's a governing body who is responsible for making sure that individuals who have this license are abiding by the rules. So once you have that license as a requirement, that then allows for whatever governing body to come in, regulate, make sure that things are done the way that they are. And if things aren't done as they're supposed to, then they have the opportunity to revoke said license, which means that they have an opportunity to enforce things. So I think that's probably where they're looking at it from the from the municipality perspective. But at the same time, yes, I think it's a, it's a way to collect extra funds to be able to do whatever they need to be able to do. So, But that's very interesting. And I think that, you know, as long as they are really looking out for the best interest of the rentees, and I, I can see that. But I'm hoping that there is something that, you know, they're looking out for the renters as well, or, or the, the, the house owners who are renting out the places. So hopefully with that license, it's a two-way thing. But from what I'm gathering, is probably just protecting more of the person who is renting the place versus the person who actually owns the place. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, very cool, very cool. Well, for me, I am. We are in January, so I'm trying to get all my information and paperwork to get ready for tax season. You know, I'm very. You know, you remember Ned? You remember that episode of Homer of The Simpsons where Ned Flanders was trying? He was rushing to get to the post office and mail off his, you know, IRS income tax by like the 1st of January and you're like, whoo, I just made it. And then everybody else was doing the same thing in April. So I'm already trying to mentally prepare for tax season. I'm trying to make sure I get all my ducks in a row. And right now, you know, I need to get a new tax preparer because the tax preparer that I did have, you know, is no longer able to do my taxes. So I am looking at trying to figure out, you know, if I can find a CPA around the area. So you know, mm. one of the things that I did was, you know, I listened to Dave Ramsey's. I've listened to him before, he, and he's he is very good when it comes to money stuff. So he's got a program where he endorsed. There's like in, like ELPs, which are endorsed licensed professionals for different areas and anything that you think of financially. So, you know, for him, he's got something for tax advisors and certified public accountants. So I ended up, you know, putting in my address and I got an email of somebody who is somewhat close to where I am. So I've got one contact and I'm also Googling some contacts around the area too, just so that I can see if I can set up a consultation, let them know, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm doing. And you know, what can you do for me? So I'll definitely keep you posted with that because I'm going to be, you know, looking at making sure I'm maximizing the returns that I get. For sure, for sure. I guess that is sparking a sparking a fire for me to do the same. I probably should just call up my tax advisor, my CPA, and just start planning for tax season. So that's I think that's a great idea. I think I'm gonna take you on that offer. There you go. All right. So with that being said, let's start off. You know, I figured since it is a happy belated birthday to you, Marvin, why don't we have mm-hmm. you go first and discuss your story, which I think is probably a little more near and dear to your heart and team members and MVPers will soon find out 
after they <laughs> listen to this article. So go on ahead, Marvelous, do your thing. All right. My article was on MSN.com, and it's actually a Reuters article. The title in, is enclosed. Japanese woman turns 117 years old, extends record as the world's oldest person in Tokyo. So Kane Tanaka has extended her record as the world's oldest person by celebrating her 117th birthday at a nursing home in Fukuoka in southern Japan. Tanaka marked her birthday with a party on Sunday along with staff and friends at the nursing home. Television footage from the local broadcaster, TVQ, Kyushu Broadcasting Corporation showed. Tanaka, whose birthday was, ha ha ha, January 2nd, took a bite from a slice of her big birthday cake and said, tasty, with a smile. I want some more. Tanaka was last year confirmed as the oldest living person aged 116 years, 66 days as of March 9th, according to the Guinness World Records. Tanaka's record age is symbolic of Japan's fast aging population, with couple, which coupled with its failing birth rate is raising concerns about labor shortages and prospects for future economic growth. The number of babies born in Japan fell an estimated 5.9% last year to fewer than 900,000 for the first time since the government started compiling data in 1899, according to Japan's Welfare Ministry. Tanaka was born prematurely in 1903 and married Hideo Tanaka in 1922, Guinness World Records said. The couple had four children and adopted a fifth. So that was a nice, short, cute little uh, story. And as you kind of alluded to earlier, I like the story near and dear to me because her birthday's on January 2nd. So January 2nd is also my birthday. So it's a fantastic, wonderful, beautiful day. So if I am reading this correctly, because she was born on January 2nd, I was born on January 2nd. So I'm going to live to uh, be over 100 years old. So that's the goal. I want to be... At least 100 years old <laughs> throughout my lifetime. There you go, man. There you go. Man, so, yeah, this is just one of those nice, you know, feel-good stories. You know, I wished that in this story they would have asked the, the Japanese woman what is her secret of being the world's oldest woman that's living because, you know, I always like those little tidbits and things that, you know, I can do to you know, learn from that opportunity. So I was sad that there was not anything in this article that addressed that. But again, I think it's a pretty good story. I think it's cool. You know, what I think is interesting, and this is the part that maybe we can talk about a little bit, is looking at, you know, and I don't know much, and I'm sure you don't know much either, but we can just, you know, hypothesize and see what's going on. You know, the part of the story that says, Tanaka's record age is symbolic of Japan's fast aging population, which coupled with its falling birth weight is raising concerns about labor shortages and prospects for future economic growth. And that the number of babies born fell by 5.9% to fewer than 900,000. So it looks like in the country, you've got people who are living older. You've got people who are, and you don't have a country that 
the birth rate is raising. So this combination together means, you know, who's going to work, who's going to be that next group of people who are taking on those jobs because, yes, people are getting older, but these individuals may not be physically able to work. And is this going to cause a potential labor shortage? And is this going to be an issue when it comes to the economies over Japan? Because Japan, you know, is one of the more, you know, renowned, you know, countries, one of the bigger empires back in the day and technology and, you know, manufacturing, you know, are big in that country. So very interesting to see that and, I don't know what's going to happen with that. Any thoughts on that? Again, I'm not really a genealogist or anything like that, so I can't really speak too much as to why that's happening, but I thought it was a very interesting tidbit that the article that the author of the article did put in the story. Yeah, well, I don't know if you remember, we kind of talked about this type of premise in one of the previous um, you know, days that we had our our shows and um but the one that i'm alluding to is talking about the uh the national birth rate in america so i'm wondering if this has something to do with um first world countries japan's a first world country correct me if i'm wrong i'm pretty sure they are it sounds like a lot of these first world countries are the the birth rate is falling is this a general trend um are people deciding not to have as many children and or is it a combination of uh, people are living longer too and as younger people are starting to take care of their parents a lot more um, they're not having as many children or whatever the reasons but it, it seems like I don't know what the causation am I just looking at a correlation without a specific reason why but it just looks like a lot of the first world countries are not producing as many children as they did in the past. So birth rates are declining. Do you think this is a global thing? You know, I'm not sure, you know, and I wish I could speak more to it, but at least, you know, from reading this article, it does seem like at least that the Japanese, you know, they, you know, again, with the fast aging population, you know, they're doing something right when it comes to taking care of themselves, when it comes to being healthy when it comes to making sure that they are able to live a very long, prosperous, and productive life. So, you know, there's something that's going on in that culture, whether it's the food, whether it's the way of life, whether it's just the way that they approach activities of daily living. But I feel like there is something there, and, and being able to understand and learn about that culture could lead insight to having you know, a longer prosperous life. So that would be interesting for us to take a, a deeper look into that. But I think that's something that's pretty awesome. And, you know, I definitely want to figure out what the keys to success is because, you know, they've, they definitely seem like they've figured that out. And I need to make sure that I got a piece of that myself. The first key is to be born on January 2nd. <laughs> Just kidding, y'all. Just kidding. But, but I think you're really one of not the kidding, points. <laughs> the one of the points that I made from that other article that we talked about in the previous episode was um, the whole social security thing. I don't know if that's the type of situation that they have over in Japan. 
that's always something that pops into my head because I think as millennials, we don't anticipate that Social Security will be around to the extent that it was for previous generations to actually take care of us when it's time to retire. I don't know if it's still going to be around, but I'm pretty sure if it is around, it won't do what it used to do to other people in the past. So definitely agree. Definitely agree. Those All right. Sense. Very cool. So I'm going to do my article, you know, being that it is January 5th and that this is the first MVP episode in the new decade. I wanted to bring decade, in an article man. that is discussing new year's. So I've got an article. This is from the website YouGov. That's Y O U G O V. And the name of the article is Exercising More and Saving Money Are the Most Popular 2020 New Year's Resolutions. And this article is written by Jamie Ballard. It's that time of year again. As the clock struck 1201 on January 1st, many people resolved to make a change in their diet, exercise habits, or personal finances. Others are committed to improving their relationships, spending more time doing what they love, or learning something new. According to a survey conducted in December 2019, Nearly 3 in 10 Americans said that they plan to make a New Year's resolution for 2020. Among Americans who are making New Year's resolutions, the most common ones are exercising more, which is 50%, saving money, 49%, eating more healthily, 43%, and losing weight, which is 37%. You know, I'm looking at, they, they have a little pictorial of some other top items, and reducing stress is at 34%. Getting more sleep is at 30%. Sticking to a budget is 30%. Focusing on my spiritual growth is 28%. Traveling more is 25%. And learning a new skill is 25%. Many millennials are turning an eye towards their personal finances in 2020. The most common resolution among this generation is to save money. Most Americans, seem, it seems, are optimistic about their ability to stick to their resolutions. Among those who are making 2020 resolutions, 29% said that they'll feel very confident that they'll stick to them. Nearly half are somewhat confident. However, one in five is not very confident about sticking to resolutions, and 2% are not confident at all. However, many Americans also admit that they haven't had complete success with resolutions in the past. Just 7% of U.S. adults said they stuck to all of their 2019 resolutions. Meanwhile, 19% say they're able to stick out some of their resolutions, though not all of them. As the adage go, if at first you do not succeed, try, try again. Many are taking a second go at their 2019 resolutions. Let's see. As the, let's see. Among U.S. adults who made 2019 resolutions and are planning to make their 2020 resolutions, 12% say their 2020 resolutions are identical to their 2019 ones. Almost two-thirds say that they have their new resolutions are the repeat of their old ones, but they also have resolutions this year. About one in five say that none of their 2020 resolutions are the same as their 2019 resolutions. Overall, Americans are optimistic about what 2020 could hold for them. Roughly one in five say that they believe life will be much better for them in 2020 compared to 2019. Another 27% expect their life in the upcoming year to be somewhat better. Just 12% say that they think their life will be somewhat or much worse than next year. Another 28% don't anticipate 2020 will be significantly better or worse. So I picked this article because we all know that you know, having a new year is a fresh start. It's an opportunity to do something different. It's an excuse to 
to just start new. And especially with this 2020 being a new decade, that just gives even more of an opportunity to try to change something about yourself so that you can better yourself as a whole. So we talked a little bit about you know, New Year's resolutions at the end of 2019, but it was just interesting to see what the more common resolutions were. So when you saw that list of 10, what did you think about that list? Does that seem pretty accurate as to what you would have thought? Are you surprised at any of these top 10 resolutions that Americans are making in 2020? No, I'm not really surprised. Uh, this does seem like status quo. And I think what that's telling me is that these really are the traits that people look towards and um, deem as you know, something that they really want to strive for. And I'm assuming if these are also things that, let's say you're single, are these the type of things that you're looking for in a partner? Um, and I think these are good things to strive for, like exercising more. Exercising is a staple when it comes to longevity and good health. So that's definitely a huge plus. The save money tidbit, um, I do believe that this is something that I think goes on year after year. However, because it's up there with exercise more, it's like the number two thing. Do you think this is uh, a byproduct of the whole financial independence movement that I think is slowly creeping in with uh, millennials? And if if you think it is, um, is this the right move? What do you think? Well, I, I think that everybody you know the top things that people talk about well if you think about it well if you're looking at single people or married people i think money is something that people always feel like they don't have enough of and that they always wish that they can have more so i'm not surprised that money is you know you know number two if anything maybe i would have thought that saving money might have been number one but it does make sense between you know exercising more 50 percent save money 49 percent. so it's pretty much the same for the but most it, part but it's like um the double edged sword would be okay you want to have more money you can have more money by one of two ways or maybe two of two ways you can either make more money or save the money that you have and so it's very interesting how i'm not seeing make more money i'm seeing save money and i'm also seeing lower down the list sticking to a budget so these are two primal facets of the financial independence movement which now that i'm thinking about it a lot more this is different i would have thought that make more money would be on this list and it's not i think this is a good thing this is showing that this uh, financial independence movement is creeping up on people and I think people are starting to um, take note and try to strive towards it. Yeah, I think that, you know, save money is probably something that's on that list because it's something that you most likely can control a little bit more. You know, most of the time when it comes to, you know, finances in general, it may be difficult for people to make more because, you know, when it comes to making more, it's either having to put more time in to something or having to find another skill or trait whereas I feel that saving money might be something that's a little easier especially with how with everything that you see in society you see inflation you see that things cost more you 
understand that you need money to be able to get the things that you need to be able to get. So I think that that's probably one of the easier ways for people to figure out ways of obtaining more money is by saving more money. And when it, especially now it being the new year, it's almost close to tax season, you know, trying to get your ducks in a row, you know, looking back at your budget, looking at, you know, if you have any of these types of smart tools like Mint or Personal Capita or just looking through your checkbook or looking through your bank account statements and you look to see what you're spending. And I think a lot of times as people, especially after a holiday season where individuals have spent lots of money because of gifts that they've purchased for loved ones, I think that you have buyer's remorse towards the end of the year. And then the first thing people talk about is, oh man, you know, they've got big bills. What do I need to do to fix that? Oh, I need to look at my money situation and I need to be able to save money. So I think that might also be part of the fact that, you know, January is the tail end of the holiday season and the winter holiday season. And that's probably the first thing people talk about. So that's where I think why the save money part comes in. And then you see exercise more. I mean, that's going to be close to the eating eating more healthy, losing weight. So as you can see, it's probably more of a balance between your physical health, your mental health, and your financial health is what I'm seeing is the major trend when we're looking at each of those topics because exercise more, eat more healthily, losing weight you know, that's going to be, those are three things that are pretty similar together when it comes to your physicality. When you see reduced stress, focus on my spiritual growth, you know, that's going to be more mental, more spiritual type of ways for you to be able to feel comfortable. And then when you see learning a new skill, travel more, get more sleep, that's going to be more for just your, you being a better well-being individual. So I feel like those are the three big main goals you've got your mind you've got your body and you've got your spirit and the three of those things are the usually the triad that makes a person who they are so it would make sense that those would be the items that americans feel like they need to be able to focus on so that they can have a better overall being Yeah, I think these items are, they're fantastic things to strive for. And for me personally, um, with the exercise more, I will continue to exercise as I am. So check, check that off. Save money. Yep. Sticking to a budget, of course. Eat more healthily. You know, I, I'm going to continue eating the way that I do don't necessarily want to lose any weight, but I want to uh, have good weight, you know, good weight. <laughs> Reducing the stress in my life, that's always a plus, but I think the way that I want to do that is through learning a new skill, i.e. hobbies. Uh, traveling more, if I get a chance, I want to travel. And then getting more sleep, that is definitely something I probably should strive more on to doing. But I wasn't on my list of uh, what I what I was trying to accomplish for the year. But all in all, I think this is a great list. Um, if the viewers out there stick to this, I think you would be taking uh, good steps towards becoming successful in the future. So great article, great choice. I love it. Love it, love it, love it.
Cool stuff, cool stuff. So let's talk about each of our articles and let's think about what we want our MVP crew to be able to leave home with. So first article was yours, Japanese woman turns 117. Tell me about what some of your final thoughts are and what are some things that we can obtain and gather from this story that you read. So for me, when I look at this, it shows me that, you know, the ability to have a fulfilled and long life is is there if you want it. And so we need to make sure that we kind of plan for, you know, a long, good life. And the best way to do that is by, you know, the things that you talked about in your article, you know. Um, I'm segueing it to yours, but I really do think, you know, exercise, um, eating well, saving money, sticking to a budget, reducing stress. These are things that will allow you to live a long, fulfilled life. So um, just the the whole you only live once mentality, YOLO is what they call it. You know, enjoy the present, but also prepare for the future. So live life one day at a time while preparing for the future. That's what I'm extrapolating from this article. And I think for me, you know, what we discussed with, you know, people's New Year's resolutions, you know, one, you know, the new year is a great opportunity for you to say goodbye to old habits and to start new with new ones. And since we are on the fifth day of January, it is a new time of the year to be able to start doing that. So use this as an opportunity to try to do something different. We talked about in these articles that the three core things that people are looking at and improving on are going to be their physical state, their financial state or mental state, and their mental state. And when we look at these New Year resolutions, they do surround all these things. So making sure that financially you're fit, making sure that you are fit physically and emotionally and spiritually, if you have a good grasp on that, that is going to help you becoming a more well-balanced individual. And when you are a more balanced individual, you can enjoy life. You can do the things that you feel like you need to do and you can enjoy yourself. Because again, like what you said, Marvin, you do only live once. So you might as well live the best life that you can live. Well said. Well said. I agree with you 100%. All right. So we are about to close. And before we close, again, I just want to ask and tell the MVP crew, thank you so much for everything that you guys have done in supporting the Marston Brothers podcast. We have made it to another year, 2020. I can't believe it. Marvin was able to send out to the family group, you know, one of the special tools that you can do if you have an ALEXA. So do you want to tell the crew what you can do if you want to listen to us, a brand new way of being able to listen to us other than getting at us via email at marcelinbrothers at gmail.com or looking at us up on YouTube by putting in Marcelin Brothers Podcasts or just Googling Marston Brothers Podcast and finding us, what is another way you can listen to us, my man? All right, ladies and gentlemen, check this out. If you don't feel like going to those different um, 
media outlets to find us, all you have to do is find your nearest Alexa and just ask her, play Marcelin Brothers podcast. That's all you got to do. When you do that, sure and behold, our podcast will pop up for you guys. I don't know how much easier it can get. Mm. All you have to do is tell Alexa to play Marcelin Brothers podcast and the newest episode will pop up right in front of y'all. Isn't that awesome? And a lot of that is just because of all of the podcasts that we've been able to produce. We've been able to get out to the real world. And again, we're trending. You can type in Marcel Brothers Podcast and you can find us. Like, it's so surreal. Like, when we were starting this up, the whole purpose of us starting this up was we knew that, you know, we had a story to tell. And that with this story, different people can be entertained or learn some stuff or, you know, it's a way for people who know us to be able to keep in track of us. And just to see from that initial thought to us being able to trend in Google, for us to be able to be heard on Apple Podcasts, I think that's the coolest thing ever. We're getting there. We're definitely getting there. So definitely make sure, fans, if you like what you're hearing, like we talked about before, in addition to getting a hold of us with those different avenues, please feel free to leave a comment in any of those mediums so that we can hear what you're thinking about. Please, please subscribe to our various podcasts so that you can stay up to date and knowing when the next episode is going to go live. And please, please, please give us a five-star rating because... That just lets everybody know that you like what you're listening to and you want to hear more of us. So thank you again, MBP crew, for the support. We're going to be bringing in the year 2020, you know, with a laser focus mindset. And we want to make sure that we're able to give you guys what you want to be able to listen to. Any last words, Marvin, before we get out of here? Just keep on doing good, y'all. All right. So that's Marvin. I'm me. I am out. Until next time, MVP crew, enjoy, be live, be wise, be smart, and be safe. Take it easy. Later. Thanks for listening to the Marston Brothers Podcast. And remember, do work and make a difference in somebody's life.